0: Church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Hallelujah.
1: Please get your Bible. There's two verses I would like you all to find with me tonight. Please, Matthew chapter 28. Everybody is very familiar, but we want to read it for the record tonight. Matthew 28 verse 19. And then our main passage is going to be the book of Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 down to verse number 12. He is so right. I'm so happy that we got some good music to bring the word of God after. Hallelujah. You know, when you travel around and you preach, you never know what you're going to hear before you preach. Everybody who's preached, you know what I'm talking about. And they invite Bubba to come up and do country and western. And then they invite Flacco up and he's going to do some reggaeton. And then you got the hip-hop guys that come up. And then you got the two ladies that come up and all kind of stuff. And you just never know what it's going to be. But I'll tell you what, the Spirit of God is here tonight. And this is a beautiful, beautiful atmosphere tonight. Matthew chapter 28 Please, let me read to you verse number 19. I want to point out something out of both of these passages tonight. I trust that everybody's come tonight. Just say, God, continue to do what you've been doing all week. Just minister to us, feed us the word of God. Help us to fulfill your great mission and the need that is in the world. And that is that Jesus Christ would be known and that we would help to make him known through the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, verse 18 says this, verse 19. says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I draw your attention tonight to the word nations. Some of you would have heard Probably through Bible study or Sunday school or maybe just through the course of preaching in your church. That the word nations in these passages is this Greek word that is pronounced ethnos. Which is where we get this English word ethnic from which is a word that speaks of racial groups. And so what the teaching is in this scripture is go into all the world and pull disciples out of the world from among all of the, not just nations as in England or Jamaica and Canada or China, but among all ethnic groups of people, which would include black people and white people and Asian people and Hispanic people. Can you all say amen? So instead of just thanking God for the national flags that we have hanging here tonight God is also asking that there be a representation of all people ethnic groups that he has created on the earth and everybody here knows that God is the creator can you say amen Amen. and the different colors of skin is not something that nature came up with it is something that God came up with Hallelujah tonight. Now go to Revelation chapter 7 and I want you to read with me verse 9 down to verse number 12. Now bear in mind that what we're reading in Revelation chapter 7 is a glimpse around the throne of God in heaven. So the commission was to go and make disciples Of all ethnic groups and then we have a glimpse into the throne of God watch what the scripture says verse number 9 after these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all here's the word again nations ethnos Ethnic groups. This is telling us that when John had his glimpse into heaven, one of the things that he noticed right away were there are many different, diverse racial groups around the throne of God. Can everybody here say amen? amen. So, my first statement before I even finish reading it is anybody who's got a problem with racial groups then you are not going to appreciate heaven. It's not a place that you're going to enjoy because from the beginning, God says, I want you to, when you minister, when you outreach, and when you evangelize, make sure that the ethnic groups know that you love them, the church loves them, and that God loves them. Say amen, somebody. And then he shows us a glimpse into heaven and he says, take a look around the throne of God. The desire of God is being fulfilled in the scripture as he looks around the throne. Now let me continue reading before I get into the message. It says, and these things I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, ethnic groups, tribes, peoples, And tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Then it says in verse 11 All the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures. And fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, there's two things, folks, I want you to notice. First of all, all of the people, all of the nationalities, all the ethnic groups, Are in this great company around the throne of God and then it says that all of the heavenly host the elders and the angels they all break out in praise and they start singing and bowing and worshiping God in other words the mission that he gave the church was complete hallelujah in other words the church did not fail here and i've come to give you a piece of good news tonight in a world with so much bad news uh, you hear about the church and all of the problems of the church uh, you hear about the sins of the church and the shortcomings of the church but I am so glad in Jesus name that when it came to the Commission the Bible says the church did not fail because exactly as God had commissioned that we make disciples of all nations here is a glimpse in heaven and all the world is standing before the throne of God come on we need to say amen real nice and loud right there now my message tonight doesn't have a title per se but I would like to draw your attention to what I will call the colors of heaven now many years ago the Indian freedom fighter, or I guess we could say he was an Indian activist, and some people call him kind of like, you know, the Martin Luther King of the nation of India, Mahatma Gandhi. You know, there's a story that I saw about Mahatma Gandhi when I first went to South Africa to preach the first time. I was inside the home where Nelson Mandela and his wife first lived when they got married. It's now a museum. And on the wall, they had a display concerning Mahatma Gandhi and it told the story how that during one of his interviews, he was asked why he didn't become a Christian. And it was telling the story of how that he was so intrigued with Jesus. He was so captivated by Jesus who was a peaceful man, yet he was a man of principle. He was particularly impressed with the Sermon on the Mount and all of the things that Jesus taught. And so when Gandhi decided to go to a Christian church to just hear about the gospel and hear about Jesus and even consider, you know, the claims of Christ and maybe becoming a Christian himself. Some of you heard the story that when he walked up the steps to the church, he was greeted by two ushers and they both were white and they told him that your kind are not allowed here and they turned him away and he was so frustrated because of the things he had read about jesus and what he had been told about the love of jesus and the gospel and when they asked him why you never became a christian he said from that day He realized that he would never go back to a Christian church because it had nothing to offer him that Hinduism didn't offer him. And he made reference to this thing called the caste system, where in Hinduism, you know, people have, you know, high class and and middle class and then lower class and then under lower class and that caste system is set in stone like once you're born into it like even if you make money even if you you know get educated you still can never get out of of the class that you're assigned to and he says you know what that's what hinduism has to offer it's divided our nation and if christianity has the same thing then it has nothing that hinduism doesn't have and so therefore he walked away and never became a christian but this this is what I want to talk to you about tonight the historian who was telling the story of Gandhi made this observation listen he says giving Gandhi's influence over the people of India said had he become a Christian India would be the usa of asia and what he was explaining was the blessing of christianity in europe the blessing of christianity in america anywhere christianity has been grasped it has brought blessing and favor come on can you say amen because god moves and blesses and it says had he become a christian His influence would have spread throughout the whole nation of India and India would be a different nation today. And his observation in that little article said this, it says one act of racial prejudice has literally affected billions in India. India being one of only two countries in the world that have over a billion people. And it said it would be a completely different nation today had Gandhi given his life to Jesus and begin to preach and declare the gospel. His influence was so powerful, he said it would have changed all of India. Now, I just want you to think of the possibility of the Holy Ghost pushing him to church. waking him up at night. Just imagine the Spirit of God trying to get Gandhi into a Christian church and God in heaven seeing that once he gets off the altar and begins to declare Jesus, what a revival would spread across the nation of India. But it never happened because it says one act of racial prejudice affected billions of people in India. I'm gonna say something to you tonight that I want to ask God to help you to really grasp tonight and that is the real significance that we have to face with the spirit of antichrist and this new onslaught of racial prejudice because if you talk about world evangelism you talk about cross-cultural evangelism you talk about going to the nations then you cannot ignore this because everybody is not like you come on give me an amen here tonight everybody god specifically says in the commission go into all the world and make disciples of all ethnic groups this is like a passion of god's heart that everyone he created from the blackest of the black to the whitest of the white the brownest of the brown and the yellow and the red and every color in between that every one of them are made by god and god sees every one of them the same can you say amen now all i want to talk to you about tonight is the fact that racial Hostility is going to be a major issue going forward for the body of Christ. And we are starting to see the uptick. And in many places, it's more than an uptick, it's a real onslaught in the world today. And I've come to tell you, folks, that it is not just personal, it is not just political, it is spiritual. Because Satan used it to literally affect an entire nation, an entire country in the story I told you about Gandhi. Then why wouldn't God, the devil, use it again to affect the world that we live in today? In Matthew chapter 24, in verse number 7, another well-known Bible passage, but I draw your attention once again to this word ethnos. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number seven. Is everybody hearing me all right tonight? All right, Matthew 24, verse 7. It says, For nation, ethnos, will rise against nation, ethnos, and kingdom against kingdom. This is a mess passage that's speaking about biblical prophecy when jesus was asked about the last days and when he would return again and one of the signs jesus says that would herald the coming of jesus is that you would see ethnic groups beginning to rise against other ethnic groups now how many of you here have seen it you know i was speaking to pastor LaValley this morning about my message He kind of gave me that look in his his eye. He got a little excited and he said to me, he said, you know that word rise in that passage? He said, when you look up the word, you know what it means? It means that something is is, kind of like hidden under the ground, almost like a seed and it's hidden under the ground. And then when the conditions are right, the right amount of sun, the right amount of water, and the right temperature. He said that seed begins to break through the ground and begins to rise. He said that's exactly what that word means. He said nation will rise against nation. There's going to be a breaking forth of ethnic conflict because the devil is going to set the conditions in the world. And this is why we see so much happening and we hear so much about race hostility today because because the enemy is trying to set the conditions up so that once again this racial hostility will become a hindrance to world evangelism some of you would have heard a story last month and i would encourage every one of you to look up the story and read a few of the articles about this you know, they've been pressuring Mark Zuckerberg here lately. He's the, the Facebook CEO. He's been under such pressure because of all of the, the, the stuff that was going on during the election and how Facebook was being used, you know, to manipulate people and, and affect voting, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, during all of this investigation, they found out that Facebook had, and I quote the number just from today, it says 583 million fake Facebook accounts I'm gonna say it again 583 million fake Facebook accounts and it said over half of them were Facebook accounts that somebody had put together and they're sending out fake videos showing things like police beating innocent people they sh- they're fake stories that people are making up about racial conflict, old women getting beaten up by black men, old ladies getting beaten up by white men, teenagers getting abused by the police. And, and, and they're, they're creating these fake accounts and making it like it's real and they're stirring people's anger and people are sharing them and sending them around. Maybe some of you have helped the devil with this. You didn't realize you've been getting fake accounts and they're, and, and, and they're all, Man, did you see how they beat them? This ain't right. And people making their comments and sending it around the world. And they said over half of these 583 million fake accounts were accounts that were being used to send out racial messages just to get people's emotions stirred up. Somebody is trying to create an environment. Are y'all listening to me? We already know about the other group of fake accounts they were being used to, to, to talk about, you know, the president and he's horrible and, and resist and all of that. And what the devil is literally doing, folks, is he's trying to get an atmosphere so that this thing can break through and people who are worshiping together and serving together and loving each other will begin to develop a, hostil- just, a hostility just based upon nothing but race look at me folks it's coming for us we were preaching downtown atlanta last month brother danny one of our guys from our church he's here he can remember what i'm talking about and we're standing there preaching and this young black guy couldn't have been no more than 25 years old walks up to us and he starts cursing me out he's going f you f the bible and f the church i thought man what's wrong with you nobody didn't teach you how to talk You see his eyes, man, like a devil. He's angry. I said, man, what's wrong with you? He's mad at me because there's white folks in our church who are out there preaching with me. He said, what is this? What are you doing with them? They put us in slavery. I said, man, sit down somewhere. You ain't even old enough to know what slavery is you probably on welfare and everything you got somebody giving to you. Talk about some slavery, you better shut up before you make me hurt somebody. But he was so angry, but he's such a young man. But something has already gotten to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he's not giving any credence to the message we're preaching. He's not saying, can you explain a little bit more to me? He's not even afraid for his soul when he hears about the fires of hell. He's not worried about what drugs and alcohol and immorality is doing. You would think the gospel would prick his heart. And he said, this is good news. The only thing he sees is white folks and black folks. And he's angry because this kind of racial harmony shouldn't be. Now folks, something has gotten to him. These media messages, this propaganda. Are you following what I'm saying, everybody? You know, after we got home from that outreach, three weeks in a row, I copied down stories from the news where I get, pick up my news from And let me give you these three stories. This is very important to what I wanna say tonight. Everybody listen to me. The first story, some of the pastors here, you would have saw this, is a story about black folks are leaving their churches that have white pastors. This was in the Christian Leadership Magazine. It was in Charisma Magazine. It was also in one of the Christianity Today magazines. And the whole story was about black people Who are going to churches where there are white pastors are complaining because they're saying issues concerning black people are not being addressed enough from the pulpit. They're talking about all the issues concerning white police officers beating up young black men, young black kids, uh, you know, being hurt and being, you know, like, like the Starbucks story and, and all of that. And, and, and they say, you know, what this stuff needs to be addressed from the pulpit. Well, I'm going to tell you what the pulpit is for to lift up and glorify Christ. Now, listen to me. Listen, this is very important. And so these people have been in their churches 15, 20 years. Serving, worshiping God, faithful in their churches, but all of a sudden, there's this racial element that is breaking through and rising, and these people are just packing up, not because there's false doctrine, not because their pastor is evil or abusive, but because of this thing that's coming from the enemy. Come on, say amen has made its way into the church, and it's destabilizing these people. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be able to evangelize the world and fulfill the commission that we're reading about if racial prejudice is allowed to lodge inside of your soul. The second article that I read, remember, three weeks in a row, The second one was about a a gospel woman's group called the gospel coalition. They were having a woman's event and on their poster and on their flyer, it says strictly for women of color. This is a Christian woman's event. And the flyer and the poster was advertising. This is only for women of color. White women don't even attempt to register because we don't want you here. So when they were called on it, here is one of the responses. It says, you know, we women of color, we are unique and we need our own private time. You ain't unique. Something else is wrong with you. (laughs) Now that seems a little hilarious, but folks, I'm very, very serious tonight is that this is coming to church. i'm talking about people leaving their churches because this thing is rising here are christian events that are being restrictive and segregated and then the third story was a pastor in alabama next door to georgia where i'm living and the pastor put a sign uh, out on the marquee of the church he put these these words out on the marquee and the words And I'm quoting exactly what he put on the marquee. It says black people ought to stay away from white churches. This is a Christian pastor. Now just take those three. I could go on and on because as I was putting together the message, there was so much that was coming. It, 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 It almost gets you depressed to think that these communities are not being served because this is not the will of God. God says, you go into the world and you make disciples of every ethnic group. Can you say amen with me tonight? That is the commission. That is the will of God. That is the mind of God. So the rise of racism and this racial prejudice, again, I say it may look and sound political when you read about it or hear about it in the media, but it is not political, folks. They may try to make it about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama, but it is not political, folks. It is not social. People will try to make it about immigration and they'll try to make it about affirmative action and they'll put all these little social labels on it but it is not political and it is not social. It is spiritual. It is not the will of God. It is not the mind of God. You know, when I was doing all of this, putting together the message, I came across something that I wasn't even looking for. It said, why the KKK burn crosses? I wonder if anybody here ever looked it up or studied it or even got the answer to that. Why they burn crosses. And so I saw it and I said, wow, this is interesting. So I, I, I read it and followed a few links to, to get, you know, get some other footnotes about it and blew my mind because the people involved in the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, a major white supremacy group, the people involved in it claim to be Christian. And they burn crosses because they're saying that burning a cross, they say, is the equivalent of spreading the light of Jesus Christ to remove the darkness. And the darkness, of course, pun intended, is dark skinned people whether they be black or hispanic or anything that is not white Aryan in, 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 in the way they think and they burn these crosses as if you know the gospel is shining the light on the darkness so that the darkness can be eradicated it can be stabbed it can be chopped it could be hung he said pastor is that true it's very true and the scary fact is that these people used to sit in a Christian church somewhere singing Amazing Grace with Bibles and hymn books on their lap, worshiping God. But something rose up. Come on, say amen. Something got inside of, of, of their worship experience and begin to twist it. And I've come to tell you as a conference body, if you and I are not careful, it'll rise its head among us. Now Jesus says, In Mark 12, Matthew 12, 25, he said, a house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. Listen, any house, whether it is a government house, whether it's the white house, come on, whether it's the church house or whether it's your house. And nothing divides like racial prejudice. Now the enemy knows this, and so the enemy has decided that in the last days, he's gonna bring this thing, he's gonna break through, he's gonna create an environment, and as the environment is created, people aren't even gonna notice what the devil is doing among you because somebody in Starbucks will call you a racial slur, somebody in Walmart is gonna step on your toe, and you're gonna somehow stereotype them because of the color of their skin, you won't even have a clue how this thing is suddenly sneaking in among you. Somebody's going to come into the church and they might not smell or look the way you want them to and all of a sudden there's a stigma and you don't even realize that our representation of Jesus Christ has just become tainted. Oh, I know I'm telling it tonight. I'm going to tell you folks, you cannot be a true disciple of Jesus and be racist. You can't do it. You cannot be an effective Christian leader and have racial prejudice of hiding inside of your heart that systematically becomes a part of your decision-making. Go ahead and preach it, Pastor. Thank you, Holy Ghost. See the bible makes this clear in the book of galatians chapter number three i want y'all to take a look at verse 26 down to verse 28 let me just read it so i can keep on going galatians 3 26 down to 28 listen to what the bible says it says for you are all sons of god through faith in christ jesus for as many of you as were baptized into christ have put on christ he said everybody in jesus is one Did you hear it? He said, everybody. He said, once you name the name of Jesus, once you go into the waters and identify with the Christian church in baptism, he said, you are not who you was last week. You got to bring your prejudice to the altar. You got to bring that stuff to the blood of Jesus. You now have a new Lord and you now have a new mission. Come on. Can somebody here say amen? The blood of Jesus breaks a class system. The blood of Jesus removes white superiority. It removes black superiority. It removes Hispanic superiority and Asian superiority. He said, Everybody in Jesus is one. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, let me talk about the text that we read in in Revelation 7. In the text in Revelation 7, you'll notice that it is a picture that's taking place around the throne of God. And here's what it says. There was a multitude which no one could number. Hallelujah. I mean, a lot of people have made it to the kingdom of God. And you know what, folks, sometimes I pray. There's so many people that I serve as a pastor. I love them, pray for them, and they do crazy stuff. They backslide, they they fall off the wagon. I'm, oh, God, you try to hold them up. They're fighting against you. And sometimes I pray I say, God, I really wish that I could be wrong on this point. When I'm thinking they're going to be lost, I said, oh, God, I hope I'm wrong and I can see them in heaven. Because that's God's heart. said there's a multitude of people that no one could number and I just feel sometime that some of those that I thought would never make it that they're gonna make it on somehow thank you Jesus and that's my prayer if you if you ain't a real pastor you might not be feeling me right now but anybody who's a real pastor, you say, oh God let them find Jesus out there somewhere under a stone pick up a track get saved before they get hit by a car something just Lord just let them make it God don't want nobody lost can somebody say amen He said, there's a multitude that no one could number. And then he says, among the multitude, he said, was all ethnos, all ethnic groups. Hey, black folk going to get there. Hey, Chinese folks going to make it. Hispanic folks going to make it. White folks going to make it. Come on, everybody going to make it. He said all ethnic groups were represented. Then he said all tribes, which is a a family distinction. Then he said all peoples, which is national as we know it, as in flags. And then he says all tongues, which means all languages. Now, Now that is very comprehensive, isn't it? That doesn't mean that the gospel reaches far and wide. Come on. Come on, i tell you that God's grace is a little different than you because there are some cultures that I don't like what they do, but don't matter what I like. Come on, can you say amen? There are some cultures who dress in a way that I don't like. There's some cultural food that I don't like, but don't matter what I like. This is God's enterprise. Can you say amen? And he said everybody is going to have a representation. But here is the really good news. The good news, folks, is that the Christian church stayed true to its calling. Because they were all represented, that means somebody went across borders. Come on, say amen somebody learned another language somebody translated a bible into another language somebody struggled back in a jungle somewhere somebody went to difficult countries and kept on preaching there's no other way that they would be there except for the christian church even though they had to cry some tears even though they had to die on the mission field come on talk to me even though they had to struggle families had to be separated come on but they kept on going why because our The Lord has commanded us. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. And here you see a church that has a stamp from God, mission accomplished, well done. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now what it means right here is that the church was able to survive this last day's racial onslaught. What I just got through describing to you in those things. And more than that, some of you have got your own tales of how this racial uh, disharmony is trying to break through in your life. Everybody here can tell their own story. But here's the beautiful thing, folks, is that God's people somehow weathered the storm. And where it turned other people in the community against each other where it turned schools against neighborhoods and and the police force against the citizenry where all of that stuff was happening one political group against another political group white supremacy against black supremacy and asians and whatever where all of that was happening the church was able to keep its focus thank you jesus some of you remember in charleston south carolina When that boy named Dylan Roof went into a prayer meeting of an AME, a traditionally black church, sat down while those people were praying, and he sat down among them while they're praying and studying the Bible, and pulled out a handgun and killed nine people. He was caught and he was tried, I believe he's On death row today. And so when they caught him. On the day of his trial. I remember reading how that. The people of the church. After burying their pastor. And burying their loved ones. They were able to face this boy in court. And one lady said. You know you have accomplished nothing. Except for you've hurt a lot of innocent people. And the reason you've accomplished nothing is because we forgive you. And she said, it's not because you haven't heard us. Listen to me. It's not because you haven't heard us. You have, but because we love Jesus. See, I read stuff like that and I have to readjust my thinking. There's churches out there where somebody loved Jesus. They may do a lot of things different from me, but you know, that's a Christian right there. But I can tell you there's some people sitting in here, you can't do that. How much tongues you talk in, listen, let me tell you something, she said, because we forgive you because Jesus is in our hearts. You hear what I'm saying, everybody? What does it mean? It means more and more the church is going to be able to withstand the onslaught and the attempt for this racial disharmony to get in among us. And it's not because he's just trying to affect you, he's trying to affect us from spreading the gospel to every nation. This is truly spiritual. Now, I called the message, if, if, if I can call it that a title, but I, I thought about the, the, the colors of heaven because it talks about you know, the, 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 the different ethnic groups and how that you could see them so distinctly. And John's looking, so yeah, they go to the brothers. Yep, they go to the Mexicans. They yeah, the white folks, Asians. He could see them very clearly. And he said, I saw all ethnic groups. Doesn't that mean, folks, he saw people who look different. White, black, brown, red, however you want to classify them. There he saw them. It means that the Christian church kept on preaching and kept their focus even in the midst of Black Lives Matter. Oh, somebody got to say it. And even though they've got their agendas and they're out doing their things and, and, you know, I'm not going to try to deny everybody's hurt, but I'm going to tell you, the church is not a a new civil rights organization. The church is the church. Y'all say amen with me now. What happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, when those you know, white supremacists began to, to march and that whole thing happened and the girl was killed and, and the media began to exploit that and, and blow it up into this big old thing. And guess what? This text tells us that the church just kept on preaching the gospel. We're not yeah. All of that is true, but we're not going to get caught up in, in, in all of your little propaganda to try to stir our emotions so that we can be distracted from what we're here to do somebody say amen when Beyonce did her Super Bowl show dressed up you know as a political black panther with, with the fist and her berets and they begin to try to spread division they said you've just messed up the super bowl show this is something that is not partisan or political and here you come and you know I was so angry because you know sports is one of the things that usually brings people together can you see the devil is infiltrating he wants to create an atmosphere so this thing can rise and you know the problem is things like this usually force carnal people to fall on one side or the other then right after that we started getting this big NFL protest where they're going to start protesting and taking a knee and trying to draw attention to other racial abuses and you know some of those racial abuses are very real but can you see through the eyes of the spirit to how many innocent young people are being caught up in a racial hostility that they don't need to be Bible tells us that after the day of Pentecost Philip the evangelist was traveling and God brought him to this Ethiopian eunuch. Some of you know the story. He's an African. Philip is not an African, but this eunuch is an African. And this man is talking to Philip trying to get some answers Uh, he had just come back from a a move of God in Pentecost he's he's got his scriptures he's reading he doesn't understand and God brings Philip he begins to give him the gospel the man gets saved they baptize him and he heads back home to Africa and you can just see the, the, the spreading of the testimony of all that God did in his life and you can see how God through one man can change an entire nation now here's my question what If Philip was a racist and as soon as he saw that man said I ain't getting in that chariot I don't like them kind of people and you can see how quickly we have the Mahatma Gandhi story all over again come on everybody Okay, Pastor. So what, what 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 is your message to this conference body? Well, here it go so that we can pray. Number 1. Don't buy what the world is selling. Say amen somebody. That's number 1 because what they're trying to sell folks is coming from college campuses it's coming in newspaper articles it's all over the internet it's all over the movies uh, everything is lined with this injustice racially and some of you have been so affected by it and even though you love God with all of your heart you know this thing begins to eat away like a cancer inside of people's life and I've come to tell you that God wants to remind every one of us don't buy what the world is selling Can y'all say praise the Lord with me? Number two, racism is sin. You know, the church has taught us don't fornicate it's a sin, don't commit adultery, it's a sin, don't be a drunkard, it's a sin, don't murder, it's a sin, and we've done such a good job laying down the law of God to people, but you know what, racism is a sin too, and where you find it seeping in, You got to do the same thing you do if lust and fornication seep in. You got to go to an altar and say, God, you got to fix me and you got to fix me tonight. Why? Because I am under orders from the Lord Jesus Christ to make disciples of every nation. And when you bring them to me, even though I might not like the culture or the language or the color of their skin, I might not like their food or their hairstyle, but I have a gospel obligation to give them Jesus and point them into the way of the cross. And that is what the church is to do. And that's what we see celebrated in Revelation chapter 7. You know, Acts chapter 17 is so powerful because that one verse in verse 26 says, for he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth. God has made from one blood every nation, ethnos. That means the skin color is not the biggest issue to God. See, God has taken one blood and then he's fashioned every racial group from one blood talk to me somebody Amen. now to not participate in racial equality and evangelism to not enjoy the diversity of racial cultures means that you are resisting God Appreciate. you know what because folks r- racial groups ethnos was God's idea come on for God did this I don't know why he did it I just know he did it racial prejudice is discrimination that will hinder the church's mission do you remember when God brought the sheep down in the vision to Peter. And he said, rise, slay, and eat. And he's not talking about food, folks. He's pressing him beyond the comfort zone of the Jews who just think that they're better than everybody else. And he says, I want you to go to Cornelius. I want you to go to the Gentiles, people different from you, and carry them the gospel. Peter said, not so. I don't do that. But then in Acts 10, in verse number 28, after Peter understands what happens, he says, then he said to me, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with one of another nation or another ethnic group. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Peter's eyes were open. He said, God did all of that. On the roof, trans sheet, just to show me, stop being crazy. You take that good news of Jesus outside of your little comfortable group of people. And he went to Cornelius. He said, I realize now that God is no respecter of persons. I wonder if the church today has realized that as well. Come on, everybody. One more thing. Remember the message of Pentecost, that God brought all the nations to Jerusalem. One of the hallmarks of a Pentecostal church is exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. Speaking in tongues, we we got that down. But there was people from every nation They heard the gospel in their own language. And part and parcel to who we are as a Pentecostal church is that we have a message for every ethnic group in every nation. Can you say amen? Nothing is to hinder us. Praise God. The other thing I want you to remember, and I'm done, God is not colorblind. And one of the things that we have to stop doing is using that, that, that fake term, well, I don't really see color. Something wrong with your eyes then. <laughs> you know, people try to act all humble. Well, you know, Pastor Carnegie, when I see people, I don't see color. Well, I see color. I know the difference between a black man and a white man. Very different to me. I know a Mexican from a Chinese. (laughs) Oh, well, see, I don't see color. See, you lying. God didn't pretend to be colorblind. God didn't say, well, you know what? I am the Lord and I don't see color. God sees color. John the apostle sees color. He said, I see him." So the idea is not to leave the conference pretending that you don't see color, but see it and deal with it righteously. Can you say amen? The idea is to see it, but don't be prejudiced. Don't prejudge people just because something your mama told you or your grandmama told you or something that happened to your cousin and them. You can't judge people just because of something that happened back there. As a child of God, we see color, but we also act righteously. You know, one of my favorite stories to tell something that happened to me in South Africa, I was preaching for a friend of mine named Peter Field in a place called Mosul Bay. And while I was there, I was having revival and he told me about a family in his church who used to be heavily involved in apartheid. They were like, I don't know if it was political or if it was just community activism. I can't quite remember, but they were heavily involved in, you know, segregation and apartheid where black people and white people couldn't live in the same community, they couldn't function, they couldn't socialize. And so one of them had gotten saved out of that family and during the revival, I remember they invited some of the other family members and I think, if I'm not mistaken, about four of them came to church with the lady who had gotten saved and one of them was... Like the matron of the family. I think it was the grandmother. She was a short lady with silver hair, I remember, probably about her mid 70s. Long time racist little white lady. <laughs> just as cute as she could be. She got this silverish white hair, dressed real nice. And she's just sitting there while I'm preaching, just looking at me. She's probably thinking, you, you get out of little black, you get your little black stuff out of here. I said, no, well, I'm the preacher. You're going to listen to me. I'm preaching the word of God, Ha! having me a good old time. When I gave the altar call, she came up. I prayed for her and they prayed for her at the altar and the service was over, we were dismissed and Peterfield said to me, Marty, do you know who that was? He said, that's the lady. And I said, oh, that's the racist. And so before we left, I saw her coming down the center aisle. I was standing near the platform, and he and I were getting ready to leave. And she came down walking, little white lady about four foot five. <laughs> I didn't know she going to pull out a pistol. <laughs> she walked, around. and she walked right in front of me, and she reached both of her hands around me, and hugged me. Now listen, listen, and then she. Pulled me in. <laughs> and at first, I'm thinking, <laughs> Grandmama got lust. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <woo-hoo. laughs> but listen, <laughs> Shh, listen, it wasn't lust. She sat there and listened to that message, and the Holy Ghost made the Gospel real to her. And when she got up off of that altar, something had so broken inside of her, that I I knew in my spirit what had happened. She walked up to me, and this is probably her first ever close encounter with a black person. Seriously. And I could just see it in the spirit that she was saying, you know what? If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it all the way. <laughs> it's like her spirit was saying, come here black boy. Come here. And she put her arms around me and she got all that blackness on her. Come here. Yeah. I like, get it, get it. Come on, get some more. Get it, get all of it. If I'm gonna serve God, I gotta deal with it right now. And then she turned around. And that was it. But she was set free. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Something is happening in the world, folks. God is sending the nations to church the world is moving and it's more than just refugees and immigration and all of that god is sending the world to the church and i'm just going to encourage you that before jesus comes again in these last days Open your heart and open your eyes. Don't buy what the world is selling. Don't listen to all the political statements. When you look into those precious brown and yellow and red and black and white faces, I want you to rise above just your traditional, you know, well, those people and those people and those people. And I want you to say, you know what, God, you have taken one blood and you've made all people. I had a kind of a rebuking session With a pastor i preached for a number of years ago and it's not really my nature to get involved in people's business but he frustrated me because i told him take me first we're in a big city and 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 he i said drive me down you know, in, in, into what they call the, the ghetto, the hood. I've always had this thing for big cities because people don't want to go into some of those areas. And I, he drove me through and there's, you know, Hispanics and, and the kind of poor Asians and blacks and poor white people. I said, man, look at this. I said, man, we need to put a church down here. He said, oh, no, 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 pastor. We can't put a church down here. And I said, why not? He said, because my pastor told me that we can't build on these people. That was the direct quote from a person in our fellowship. I said, oh, you can't build on those people. Explain to me what the those people mean. Sometimes planting church is going to have to be more than just about who can give back money. Jesus said, you go and make disciples of every nation, which means poor people in the hood need evangelizing as well. All right, I'm just going to leave it right there, everybody. Give God a hand, clap of prayer. If you're with me, if you're feeling me, give God, hey! Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just pray right now. Let's just pray. I want you to bow your head. Father, in the name of Jesus.
0: We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up